This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. Hey, joining me on the phone today from somewhere on the road, I guess, but maybe not with Memorial Day holiday coming up. But Mary Gaucher is a Grammy-nominated American folk singer, songwriter, author, whose songs have been covered by performers Tim McGraw, Blake Shelton, Kathy Matea, Jimmy Buffett has won awards from the International Folk Music Awards, Independent Music Awards, and I'm like reading a Wikipedia thing, but welcome, Mary. You Most importantly, you're going to be here at Ramshead on stage on Thursday, June 9th for a single show at 8 o'clock. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to getting back to Annapolis. Uh, the Ramshead is uh, a room I've played many times, and I really enjoy it. What a great-sounding room that is. That's what, that's what I hear. I'm not a musician. I can't even carry a tune, but everyone does say that it's a really nice room to play. So, And I, I certainly enjoy yeah. shows that are there. So where are you based out right now? Are you on the road now? No, I'm home in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, I'll, I'll be home until this uh, new record comes out on the 3rd of June, and then we kick it off on the 8th, and I'll be gone a whole lot more than I'll be home. So these last few days at home are special. I'm going to be cooking every night and and, uh, you know, being being uh, domestic, because that's over it, it come the 8th of June for quite some time. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you know, I was re- I was reading up on on your background and, you know, I'm I'm somewhat, you know, in, in awe a little bit. I mean, you you didn't you were given up for adoption as a child. You went through drug and alcohol dependency. Um, you know, I, I'm we're about the same age. I mean, uh, you you were coming out and you were gay in the late 70s and 90s which is an absolute horrible time to do there's 70 or 70s and early 80s which is an absolute horrible time to do that um I, I heard that you spent your 18th birthday in a jail cell and i mean here you are you're touring the world yeah it's a this this could be a pretty bad movie one day <laughs> um it, 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 <laughs> yeah 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 i uh I have a story, you know, and it really fits right in here in Nashville and country music story. I uh, I was. I was adopted when I was a year old. I ran away from home when I was 15. Uh, I ended up uh, arrested for drunk driving uh, when I was 27. I got sober. I started writing songs. I moved to Nashville when I was 40. Uh, and I got a record deal after uh, coming here. Uh, and, uh, it's all been wild. I, I'm 32 years sober now. I've been here 20 years, uh, openly gay singer songwriter. I played the Opry many, many times. I've been embraced by the Opry. They don't have a problem with, with who I am. They like my songs and they're very kind to me. Um, I don't know of a, a, a of a, of a story like mine coming here. So, you know, late for music, like at 40 coming here was kind of you know outlier at best and then coming here openly gay at 40 it just seemed completely insane and irrational but it worked out you know i think the songs were what 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 made the difference i I came i came here with songs that people uh, uh people appreciated for sure well congratulations on the on the years of sobriety man that is that is amazing that is absolutely amazing and you like you said, you really started this as, you know, sort of late in life. And you were a restaurateur at one point. That's right. Yeah. For for a little over a decade, I was in the restaurant business. I went to chef school. I had a couple of restaurants in Boston that uh, were funded by uh, backers. Uh, I'm from Louisiana, so we did Cajun food 
in the big restaurant for a decade right near uh, Berkeley College of Music. And that's sort of where I got my first taste of being around a lot of musicians, uh, the students and my employees. And, and we were across the street from Symphony Hall, too. So I got the classical uh, musician. My restaurant was just always full of musical instruments. Wow. And uh, I got I got brought to an open mic by one of my uh uh, one of my waitresses and uh, I just saw her up there singing an original song and and the light bulb screwed in and I was like I want to do that uh, and uh, I did I eventually got the courage to to get on stage and, and you know I wrote a song and I sang it and it was um, it was really really bad and thank God they didn't <laughs> have cell phones back then there's literally no documentation of that, thank you, Lord. Um, but I, I got I got the fever, man. I wanted to be a songwriter, and um, I started going to open mics regularly, and uh, very, very, very slowly, I started to get better at it, uh, and it just consumed me. And uh, ten years into going to open mics, uh, I decided this is really what I want to do, and I moved to Nashville. Wow. That's that's amazing. I mean, did you when you were when you were you know slinging hash in in your restaurant in Boston? I mean, did you? I, I mean, that was what you wanted to do. Did you believe in yourself at that point and go, you know, I can do this? I mean, did you feel you had the talent? No, 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 no. It it, it was a process more than an event. I didn't know that that was gonna that music and song was gonna become uh, all consuming. I, I couldn't imagine. I mean, I was a chef in a restaurant. I couldn't imagine uh, doing anything else because it was working. Uh, I was succeeding in that. Music was a hobby and a sort of a way to pass time. You know, when you get sober, you, you realize uh, days are pretty long if you're not drinking. And I needed something. I needed something to do. And so, you know, music and song became the thing that I that I did. And it, it just in no way was ever attached to drugs and alcohol for me. That's so I played it in coffee, coffee houses, theaters, listening rooms. Um, I played in uh, churches, church basements, and none of these places were uh, drug and alcohol uh, based. Um, and um, found a community of other people doing it, and I became a folk singer. And uh, um, you know, over time, many years, many, many years, it became something that I started taking more and more seriously. Interesting. Do you feel yourself as a, are you a better singer or a better songwriter? Way uh, better songwriter. Songwriter. Really? Oh, yeah. I croak my way through the songs. I'm not much of a singer, but I can sing my own songs. And that's what I got, my own songs to sing, you know? Fair enough. Well, we're having a uh, songwriters work or not. Uh, well, I know you have songwriters workshops that you're doing um, as well, but we're having a uh, Annapolis Songwriters Festival here in September. You may have to come back for that one. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Is that through the Rams Head? Yeah, yeah. They got involved with the Key West Songwriters Festival this year, and they, they manage that, and they're uh, going to be bringing it to Annapolis, which will be really, really kind of cool. I think in September, late oh, September. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was down there in Key West. Uh, I did a residency. I wrote a book called Saved by Song, and they gave me a residency in February to start another book, and I saw there is a Rams Head in Key West. I know. They're everywhere. Mm -hmm. they're like yeah. they're like denny's anymore you know they, they're they're they're, defi they're definitely picking good places though 
That's true. I, I heard a rumor that they are they're they're scoping out Nashville. To be honest with you. No, well, no. Come on down. It's it, a music town now. It I, definitely is. Absolutely. Well, tell you, tell me about your book, Saved by a Song. I mean, is that? I mean, was that a COVID book? I mean, because God knows you weren't perform, you know, performing as much yeah, as you no, wanted well, to. Yeah, no, definitely wasn't. No, I got the book deal before the pandemic, uh, and I kept having to push the deadline back because on the road you can't write because you're too tired. And and so uh, the deadline got changed a couple of times, and uh, once the shutdown happened, I was able to really focus and in 2020 finish the book, and it came out in 2021. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you are going to be in town on June 9th at the Rams head on stage for a single show doors open at seven. The show's at eight and you've got a new album. It is not quite out yet. It's called dark enough to see the stars. And I last checked and you can pre-order it on your website, which is Mary com, And that's M A R Y G A U T H I E R. It's probably a very easy thing to spell, but then the sound doesn't translate too well with the spelling. That's them, them. Right, because my people, my people are from South Louisiana, and they do French a little differently. They do um, everything if, a little if, differently in South Louisiana. We have our own ways. Um, yeah, I mean, in Tennessee, they call me Gaither, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> you know, I'll be Mary Gaither. I'll be whatever they need me to be. I, I think that uh, uh, the the phonetic way to figure out my name is G O S H A Y. Fantastic. Well, tell, tell me about this new album. I mean, it's not available yet. When is it coming out? Yeah, it's the street dates, June 3rd. If you get it on my website, we'll send it to you signed a couple of days earlier. Uh, it's my 10th or 11th record. Uh, and it's a collection of songs that I completed during the pandemic. Uh, but I started before the pandemic. And it's a, uh, it's got a sort of a, a split personality. It, it, it's, it's it's a collection of songs about finding love later in life, straight up happiness, joy, romantic love. And then there's a collection of songs about losing folks during the pandemic and just losing folks because uh, that's been my experience over the last two years. And so there's this this joy and this grief and and uh, somehow, you know, the way we're built, our hearts can experience both simultaneously. And that's that's where the songs I'll weave in and out of. Well, I know you collaborated with, you know, some of the greats and, uh, you know, I mean, John Prine, you mentioned people that we've lost during the pandemic. I mean, that was a horrible, yeah. horrible loss. And I mean, I, I think he, he, he was a great friend of yours, right? Yeah, he was a good friend. And I, I, I spent a couple of years in, in, in and out of opening for John. Uh, and yeah, he died early on. I think it was like um, March um, February, yeah. March, 2020, he was one of the first people we all knew and loved who passed from COVID. Um, and, uh, John, uh, was a real songwriting hero to me. And, and after I moved to Nashville, we, we became friends. Right. Right. No, I mean, he, God, what a, what a horrible loss there. But I mean, you've worked with, you know, several, Tim McGraw, Blake Shelton, uh, Jimmy Buffett, I mean, they've worked on, worked on your songs and stuff like that. I mean, how did that connection go? I mean, it still blows my mind that, you know, 20 years ago, I think if I had my dates right, uh, you know, you were, you were running a restaurant, a successful restaurant in Boston. And Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all very Forrest Gumpy, if you ask me. Um, really unlikely story. I find myself uh, in these most incredible places, you know, on tour with Willie Nelson, 
suddenly he's asking me to sing the gospel finale with him. And I'm on stage looking into his eyes going, how the hell did I get here? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like singing with Abraham Lincoln or something. It's so surreal. And it's, and yet there's this sense that, that it's like a dream and, and I'm, I'm living this dream and, and, uh, I, I'm just on this magic carpet. I, I got on it when I got sober and they told me it would be a magic carpet ride. And it has been, you know, it does show in your performances and I have seen you, you know, a couple times and you can tell, uh, there, there's been a couple ones that I've seen. I remember saw David Sanborn and, uh, Brian Culbertson together. And that's, you know, David Sanborn's old school, Brian Culbertson's new, new smooth jazz. And, you know, Sanborn was like, hey, this kid's got chops. And Culbertson was like, probably just like you were with Willie, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm on stage with David Sanborn. You know, it's 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 your hero. It's the people that you've looked up to, the people that you've respected. And now you're a peer. Seems uh, very, very surreal. It is surreal and it is an honor. And it is something you have to internalize and accept, too, that they wouldn't tap you if you didn't. Um, speak to, to if your work didn't speak to them in some way. Yeah. And so there comes moments in life when you're asked to rise and, and meet the occasion uh, humbly, but, but with confidence. And that's the challenge is to, is to stay right sized. Uh, don't play, don't play small, uh, but don't go get big headed either. Uh, and and th that's the journey. I think uh, that, that, uh, recovery puts you on just naturally right uh, but when you're in the art the arts these moments are like very public you know that it can happen to you um i remember the watching the summer of soul movie when um when, when mavis staples met her hero uh and had to rise you know and, and th these things are are uh, are 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 part of being an artist and and maybe part of being a human you know that's true. Um, but batons get passed. And and uh, that is uh, something that uh, is both gorgeous uh, and scary. True. Yeah. True. Did Willie invite you back into his tour bus? He did. Okay. You got any stories? Any dirt to spill? Um. Well, it was a sure <laughs> big test of my damn sobriety. That's for sure. <laughs> Uh, but you know what? It was cool. You know, it was cool. And, and, uh, it all went just, just, just as it should have. And he couldn't have been more gracious, That's... uh, and ge a gentleman at heart. He's a good guy that Willie Nelson. You, you know who he reminds me a lot of, or who reminds me a lot of Willie Nelson or probably very similar is uh, Snoop Dogg. They got a lot in common, those yeah, two. Yeah. I mean, I, I can totally see them being good friends. Who knows? <laughs> Stranger things. I have think happened. they are a good friend. I think they are actually. They, they they have plenty to talk about. That could be. Well, of all of your albums that you have, is there any one that stands out for you for some reason? I mean, you know, maybe you know, was it the first one? Is it you know, is it this latest one that has really as you know, as you continue to mature as a songwriter and a singer? Well, they're all they're all just pieces of my soul and and they're all just a reflection of where i'm at, at as a human being at the time and you know some are or are, are uh are better selling than others and 
Uh, I think the 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 real answer is they're all my children, you know. So I would hate to pick a favorite. <laughs> Good enough. I, I, I don't I don't want to hurt the other one's feelings. Good enough. <laughs> Good enough. You know, I tell you, you no. Know, as as a folk singer, as as opposed to, and I'm not to diss them, but a headbanging band or something along those lines. I mean, your art really is about the story and connecting with people. And you mentioned as as how you got to where you were is that some of your art connected in some way to to Willie Nelson to you know to the folks that were hearing you and you know as we get back to live music again uh and you know some places have mask requirements and some don't and you know artists have different things and everything else uh did when we started that transition back in did you find that masks were driving you crazy as a folk singer really looking for the connection because you couldn't see faces i was talking to somebody who said it was the worst thing in the world you're looking like a little bunch of robots with just eyes it was at first it was really surreal and it brought home the reality of the situation like nothing else did for me is to look out into rows and rows of masks but you know what we're made of adaptation and after you know nine or ten nights of masks he's like okay this is what we do now you got to make sense of them out of their eyes that's what you've got um and it, 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 I was okay with it because they were there and, and that's what they needed to feel safe and be safe. And I, you know, we just adapt. It's incredible how quickly we adapt. Um, and, and uh, you know, now we're going back out and people are not wearing masks and that's okay too. You know, um, and you, if you, we you go are... back to masks, we'll get used to that again. Just roll with it, you know? You know, Mary, I think you are the poster child for adaptation. I mean, you. Oh, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Roll with it. This is happening. Let's do it. <laughs> this, is, this is awesome. Well, you are getting ready to go back out on tour on just actually in a, in a couple of days in support of the new album, Dark Enough to See the Stars. You're going to be at Ram's Head on June 9th for a single show. Doors are at 7, show is at 8. And you can get your tickets at ramsheadonstage.com. As a Reformed cook, what are you cooking before you? I mean, you said you're going back in the kitchen and doing the domestic goddess stuff. So what what, what are we cooking before we head out on the tour? Well, I'm in Tennessee, and I love fresh, organic, local. And right now I've got uh, what, I've got some golden beets that still have the dirt on them. i got to wash them and roast them. Uh, Tennessee strawberries are in, and oh, my God, they're so good. The local organic strawberries are in my farm box has greens and greens and greens and greens and a lot of good vegetables. Um, I've been cooking uh, uh, really nice sausages, peppers and onions and making a giant salad, uh, roasting up some salmon. And I've learned how to use the air fryer and that has been a fast track to uh, to getting some really nice meat cooked fast. Uh, and I'm just uh I'm just playing around with what's looking good on the shelf uh, and uh, uh, trying to to um, to do the home cooking because it's fixing to be restaurants for for the next year. So uh, but I do find nice places on the road that are uh, more local based and have a I'm fond. uh, This is a tip, a travel tip for listeners. Um, If you can find a restaurant where the chef and the owner are the same person. Uh, that's going to be a good restaurant. Good point. Good point. Hey, if I can catch a flight down to Nashville, what time's dinner? That sounded pretty good. Oh, uh, man. 
Get on over here. We got a plate full of nice vegetables, and we'll come up with some kind of meat to wrap it around. <laughs> well, you are touring pretty much. You said for the rest of the rest of the year, but every night I was looking at your schedule on your website, and you're pretty much booked every night through the end of July. After Ramshead, you're heading up to Philly to one, actually another one of my favorite venues, the World Cafe Live, which is a a great place out there in West Philadelphia. Do you prefer a small room or a larger room, or? I mean, you do a lot of festivals, too, which has a different vibe as well. Yeah, I just play where they send me. I love uh, I love the intimacy of small rooms. I love the energy of larger rooms. Um, I just like playing. The one thing that, that, that matters most to me is that people are listening. And that is what the Ram's Head is known for. It's a listening room. Mm-hmm. People sit down at the table and they get themselves a drink or whatever, and then they listen. And that's what I love is is to be a troubadour and tell stories and play songs and make it all connect for folk. And I need people to listen. And so the size of the room isn't as important as the design. And the design, when it's built for listening, that's my place. There you go. Hey, I'll tell you, before we wrap up, Mary, I just got one last thing I wanted to ask you. If you were, say you're here in Annapolis, you came in, a, you know, in the morning, you had a pair of tickets in your pocket to your show and you ran across some random guy on the street and said, hey, you want to come see my show? What song do you tell him to listen to? Uh, pull up Spotify so you can earn your two cents or whatever whatever they're paying you. <laughs> and what, but what, what, what song of yours do you give them to seal the deal that brings them into the show that night? Well, what? I think the song I'm going to be known for, the one that has the longest legs, is, is Mercy Now. Uh, and that song closed season two of Yellowstone, and that was a big thrill. It introduced me to a lot of new fans. Uh, and that that song is a song for our time as well. It keeps re uh, reimagining itself. I wrote it in 2001, uh, but it, it was as if I could have written it last week. It's got it's got uh, it's got a thing to it that I wish I could. I could recreate at will, but it, it's 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 a song that I think will last longer than I will. It, it's got it's got a life it's got a lifetime to it that's bigger than mine, and that's the one I think people resonate with the most in the largest numbers. Sounds like a plan. Well, I'll tell you, you have a absolutely fascinating story and a fascinating career. Uh, much success in both of them, actually, in cooking as well as singing and songwriting. But And I want to thank you again for your time this afternoon. Mary Guauche is at Ramshead on June 9th. You can get your tickets at ramsheadonstage.com. And you want to make sure that you go check out Mary's website, which is maryguauche.com, and it's G-A-U-T-H-I-E-R.com. Personally, I can't wait to see the show. I want you to enjoy your meals between now and then. And, <laughs> and bring me a doggy bag and have some safe travels up here to Annapolis. We can't wait to see you. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Thanks to the listeners, too. Appreciate it. All right. We will see you in a few days. Take care. Bye-bye. I love Bye now. my father. He could use some mercy now. My brother could use a little mercy now. He's a stranger to freedom. He's shackled to his fear and his doubt.
It's almost more than living where they laugh. I love my brother. He could use some mercy now. Church in my country could use a little mercy now. As they sank into a poison pit, it's gonna take forever to climb out. They carry the weight of the faithful. Who follow them down? I love my church and country. They could use some mercy now. Every living thing could use a little mercy now.
has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionannapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.